The Blue Jackets were in it until they weren't. It's the story of the season. We're going to be talking about that and looking ahead to Detroit in today's episode of Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, bad, good, yelling, ranting, uh, all of the above and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit subscribe over there, then uh, feel free to do so. It really helps me out. It helps you out. You get notified when episodes go live. Everybody wins. Except for the Blue Jackets, which is a joke that I have made about 17 times this season because they just keep losing. Um, This time it's to the Carolina Hurricanes, who they just beat in a shootout like a week ago. Um... And honestly, that was a game they probably should have lost, and they decided to win um, on the back of a Kiromachenko hat trick and a uh, phenomenal performance from Jonas Kopasalo. This was not the same game. Uh, this was a game that the Blue Jackets probably deserved to lose. Um, they were outshot horrendously. Um, they were outshot 41 to 23. So, yeah, it feels like they, they probably should have lost this game. Um, it was it was not a good game for the Blue Jackets. Um, except, like I said in the cold open, that they were kind of in it until they weren't, which has been the story of the season. The Blue Jackets tend to hang around for two periods and then just kind of fade off into the night. And that was kind of the same thing. They were 2-1 at the end of the first period, 3-1 at the end of the second period. Uh, that shorthanded goal, I think, really kind of took it out of them. Um, and then the third period was just, they fell apart. Just three goals from the Hurricanes. Um, Johnny Gaudreau finally broke his goal-scoring streak. He's got 12 on the season now um, to make it 5-2. But final score, 6-2. And just, I don't know, man. It's just gonna, we're gonna see a lot more games like this. I think. Um, I don't think Jonas Corposalo did the best he could with what he was given, which is not very much. Um, what he was given was 20 minutes of Eric Branson, who uh was on the ice for three goals. Um, at least the first two. The first one was, uh, I don't think it was a, a the first one was a giveaway. Biker Branson that he then just decided not to play defense on. And then the second one, I don't know what he was doing, but it wasn't playing defense. So those were the most egregious ones that I noticed, but apparently he was on the ice for one more, which I don't remember off the top of my head, but I assume it was not good. Um, it was good to see uh, in terms of ice time, um, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit before we get into the, the game as a whole. Good to see Boquist get some more ice time. Uh, he got a bunch of power play time, which is great. Um, I love to see Adam Boquist on the power play. Great to see Nick Blankenberg back as well. Uh, he's okay. Um, if people haven't seen on Twitter, uh, he blocked a shot late in the third period, went straight to the room, uh, didn't finish the game, I don't think. Um, but apparently he's skating today, so everything is A-OK with Nick Blankenberg. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. Um, for the most part, though, playing seven defensemen, was it was it seemed fine. 
uh, for the most part. I think Branson got a little bit too much ice time, but and I would have given Gavin Bayruth a little bit more ice time. Uh, but it was it was as far as defensive efforts go, it was about what I'd expect from the Blue Jackets um, based on the the lineup that they are icing. So to take from that what you will. Um, like I said, great to see Blankenbo back. Uh, I thought he was he was okay. Um, he made a couple of big plays, big block shots, um, almost scored a goal. Was a minus two on the night and took a penalty. Um, but for his first game back from injury, like, and it's what his twelfth NHL game ever or something. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to read too much into that. Uh, I think it'll probably take a little bit of time for the rust to to get knocked off. Hopefully, we see him in uh, tomorrow's game against the Red Wings. Uh, well, especially because a bunch of his family are going to be there, and that would be that would suck if he was healthy scratched for that. So I imagine that we'll see Blankenberg uh, tomorrow, and hopefully he'll be kind of more on his game. It takes time to get back up to speed after injury, so I'm not I'm not worried about, about Blankenberg. Um, what I am worried about is uh, the ice time handed out among forwards, which is a, t- a conversation that we have had many, many times. Sean Corrali is getting 19 minutes a night. Like, okay, four minutes and five of that is shorthanded time. So if we look at the... Um, if we go over to Natural Stat Trek and look at the ice time uh, at even strength, which is probably a little bit more um, indicative of what, what we want it to be, but I'm still... I don't know. He's still going to be higher than he should be, I think. Um, because everyone's like, oh, well, he kills a ton of penalties. Well, Johnny Gaudreau is on the power play a lot. Patrick Lyon is on the power play a lot. Like, Jack Rostovic played 22 minutes last night, um, which is more than all defensemen. That's, and, like, I know they were playing seven defensemen and 11 forwards, but that still feels... That feels off to me, personally. Um, so, yeah, so uh, even strength. Line led the way with 16.37, then Rostovic with 15.28, Gabranson 15.19, and then Gaudreau 15, uh, 14.49. Um, so Gaudreau up a ton from his last game. Obviously, he had a season low. Um, and I think being called out by that was uh, something that made La- uh, Larson decide, oh, actually, probably we should play him. He had a really good game. Scored a goal. Uh, was on the ice with 21 shot attempts, 4, 14 against for a course four percentage of 60%. Leading the team, only two players had above, uh, two other players had above 50. Patrick Laine and Adam Boquist. Um, and I still don't know where this narrative's coming from about Adam Boquist not playing defense because apparently he's doing okay possession-wise. Like, I think it's, I think it's probably that he generates a lot of offense by himself and so it balances out. Um, I think a lot of people think that defense is, you know, blocking shots and throwing yourself in front of the puck and doing big hits. And Boquist doesn't really do any of that. But I'm for the best performing defenseman last night, um, it was Boquist and Bernie for me. Uh, I thought Bernie had a really good game. Um, since scoring that goal the other night, um, he's had a bit of a jump in his step. And uh, yeah, so I, I had some problems with the game. I had some not, I had some, some not problems. What's the opposite of a problem? Some, some, not problems. I can't. I can't think of the word right now. It's fine. Um, but I had some problems with the game. I had some not problems with the game uh, overall. This felt like a game that they should have lost, um, and they did. I don't think they should have lost it quite that badly. Um, you know, we're going to talk about one of the goals in a minute. But even if you take away the the goal 
where Kobsala lost his helmet. Like, that's still a 5-2 loss. That's still not good enough, but it is about what I'd expect. Um, and in a minute, we are going to talk about that goal because the thing is, it wasn't against the rules, but maybe it should be. And so that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute. But first, I've got to tell you all about Built Bar. Uh, because are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? You've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. Uh, if you're like me, where you know you are a gremlin person, but you want to start eating healthier, you don't want to live entirely on like cereal and Slim Jims, then Built Bars are for you. With Built, healthy is tasty. They are so delicious that you're not going to think they're good for you. They are perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good? Well, to start with, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I know, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Uh, my personal favorite is they do this banana cream pie uh, built puff. It's like a marshmallowy one, and they are so, so good. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and they've got 17 grams of protein per bar. For years, we've been talking about getting your built bars online at built.com, but now you can just head to your local Walmart or even Sam's Club. Pick up to the head to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Or if you're in Sam's Club, you can go and get a box with brownie batter and churro flavors. You can thank me later. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, one specific goal. Um, and this is not really a game thing. Like, I don't think that this is something that, oh, if they hadn't allowed that game, the Blue Jackets would have come back. Uh, it was the 4-1 goal. Um, and Elva, uh, excuse me, Corpusalo's helmet came off after the first shot. Like, did he shake the helmet off? Yes, but I'm okay with that. I would have been okay with that if it was on the other side. Um, I think that, and this might be a hot take, if the goalie is not wearing a helmet, the play should stop, regardless of who has possession, regardless of what is happening, regardless of the scoring chance, regardless of literally anything, because... If you take a, like, they have rules now where if a player loses a helmet on the ice, he has to go to the bench immediately. He has to leave the play immediately. A goaltender can't do that. Like, can you imagine if a goalie lost a helmet and then had to sprint, to a, sprint over to the bench? Like, I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of a judgment call on the ice for the refs. And then you, if you look at the, the rule book, I don't have the exact rule phrasing in front of me, but if your team, so you are the goalie, if your team has possession and your helmet comes off, play stops immediately. If the other team has possession, if they have a scoring chance, they can keep playing. If they don't have a scoring chance, then the pl the, pl the play dies, which to me seems a little bit backwards um, and is so frustrating because I feel like the Blue Jackets are always on the wrong side of these weird judgment calls and like weird rules. And like that's probably confirmation bias or recency bias or whatever, but it just kind of drives home to me how much this game is driven by goal scoring and not player safety. Like, yes, I know the whole point of the game is to score goals and win the game, but it's just so frustrating to see something in the rules that, like, that puck went over Corpus Allo's shoulder and into the net. Like, if it had been legitimately, what, six inches to the left, like, that would have hit him straight in the head. That would have hit him in the face. Like, that's... These, these guys can shoot at, you know, minimum, like, 75 miles an hour. I don't know what we're doing here. Um, and this is not... I don't know. It, it feels like I'm this is coming off as, well, they lost the game because of this, and I'm only against it because it's my goalie. Like, no. The same thing happened in uh, in the Dallas Stars game, I believe, and Jay Cottager got a penalty for getting... for You know, his helmet came loose, and he shook it off to get a stoppage in play because 
it's unsafe to play with a helmet that's so I don't know how many people know a ton about goalie helmets, but they have straps like here and here, um, like one just below the ears, one just above the ears. And they're kind of held on with um, like, like poppers or clippers. Um, And if you get hit with one of them, then usually the strap just pops off. And uh, what happens then is the plate at the back of the head comes loose. And so then the whole goalie mask shifts down. You can't see your sweatbands in your eyes. Like, I understand this this logic. And someone came into my, my mentions when I tweeted about it last night saying, 100% a goal. The goalie can't just shake his shake his helmet off when he's under pressure. And like, yes, I understand that in a vacuum. But like, if you can't see because your helmet's falling off, like that's, to me, that feels dangerous. If the goalie can't see the shot, then that feels dangerous. If um, the goalie, ma- the goalie mask might fall off mid shot. Like if you're moving around, if you're, you know, moving from side to side, going back and forth, like even up and down, like that movement might shake the helmet off. And again, you're left with a case of, well, if the helmet falls off mid shot, then again, you're kind of, you're, you're done for if it hits you in the head. Um, so on the one hand, I, I get it and I understand the rules and, you know, they, they can't have goalies, you know. I I don't think this is a thing that goalies would do. They can't have goalies with, like, loose, loosening the, the poppers on their straps to be able to shake the helmet off after, you know, if they're feeling pressured. Like, I know there was a story a while ago where a goalie was facing a, a 3 on 0 breakaway and he just turned around and shoved the net off the, off the moorings. Ended up getting a penalty shot for it, which he saved. So, but, you know... I don't think that the, 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 I don't know, for me personally, like as a, and I do not play in the NHL. I do not, I don't feel like I need to preface that. I play beer league hockey with a bunch of men in their forties, you know? Um, I have never had my helmet gone, come loose and thought, oh, I need to get rid of this in case there's a scoring chance. I've never, you know, accidentally on purpose lost my equipment to force a stoppage in play. Like I just, I don't know whether that's me or whether you just, you don't have time to think about that kind of stuff in play. And so it's really frustrating to see that kind of thing be talked about, especially as something as important as a helmet, you know? And I know the NHL likes to pretend that concussions are fake and that CTE doesn't exist. And that even if it does exist, there's no, there's no thing. There's nothing tying it to getting hit in the head while playing a hockey game. But the fact of the matter is, like, head trauma is incredibly incredibly prevalent in this sport, and I feel like the sport should be doing everything it can to make that lesser, instead of just being like, well, the other team's got possession, so they're allowed to score a goal. I don't know. Have the goal, if you want. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's so frustrating. Um, and it's, you know, we've seen it before with Blue Jackets players as well, you know, and I think, I think a lot about the penguins playoff game where Zakarensky took a puck to the face and was lying face down bleeding onto the ice and because pittsburgh had possession they didn't call the play dead you know it's there's been a a ton of a ton of games like that ton of things where players are lying on the ice injured and because the other team has possession it's i don't know i don't have a point here just that i'm frustrated and needed to vent about it and what is what is this podcast for if not ranting so um disappointing I don't necessarily think that that was the turning point in the game, but I do think that that not shook Corpusalo a little bit, but I think it maybe threw him off his game a little bit. He was furious afterwards. He was so mad, throwing his helmet, just getting over to the bench, yelling at the ref, yelling at everyone. Like, I would have been furious too. Um, but I do think that that... Cause I feel like there was another goal immediately after that. So the it was the 4-1 goal. 
at 8.02. And then at 14.55, um, they scored another goal um, that, frankly, he should have had. Um, it was a slap shot from the blue line. There was no one in front of it. And I do think that his um, anger maybe threw him off. And, you know, yeah, when you're mad, it's tough to... It's tough to stay on your game. And so I don't think it was necessarily the turning point of the game, but I do think if that goal wasn't scored, then maybe the scoreline isn't 6-2 at the end of the game. Maybe it is. Maybe the scoreline is 5-2 at the end of the game if they take that goal away. But we'll see. Well, we won't see. It's it's all it's all in the past. It's not going to happen. But I do wonder if that was, again, not a turning point, but a, definitely an important moment in the game in terms of the Blue Jackets maybe coming back to tie or even win the game like they did the last time these guys played um in a minute we are going to talk about the detroit red wings who are coming to town well we're going to them so the blue jackets are going to detroit and uh, it's the last one of the season i believe so that should be uh exciting um because i feel like they have lost every single game that they played against Detroit for no reason except to uh, inconvenience me specifically. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because it's your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college ball, uh, which just wrapped up. I uh, hope you put some money on Georgia, to basketball and uh, even hockey. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you want to put some money on the Blue Jackets finally snapping their win streak against Detroit, then I don't know that I would, but you certainly could, and you can do that at betonline.net. If you have sports podcasts, and if you listen to a lot of Blue Jackets, I'm going to assume that you do love sports podcasts. You can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today on your laptop or mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's talk Red Wings, because uh, so far, the Blue Jackets have uh, played them twice. Uh, They lost 6-1 on November 19th, and then they lost 4-2 on December 4th. So, coming into this game, the Blue Jackets are on a three-game losing streak. The Red Wings are on a two-game winning streak. Uh, They just had a big win against someone I can't remember. Um, But they're they're coming off of a a big win, and they're playing well at the minute. Uh, They're 5-4-1 in their last 10 games versus the Blue Jackets, who have two wins in their last 10 games. Um... The team stats are are kind of middle of the pack. Power plays at 21st, penalty goals at 20th, uh, goals for per game is at 20th, goals against is at 20th. So they're, you know, hovering out of the playoff picture at the minute, but still very much in the the hunt, I believe. Um, If we look at the standings, I don't think they're, I think they're maybe a couple of points away from a wild card, um, which if you're Detroit is definitely, uh, definitely a winner. They are... Uh, they are five points out of a wild card spot at the minute. Uh, they are four points behind New York, uh, the Islanders, who are in that first non wild card spot place, and then five points behind Pittsburgh, who are in the second wild card spot. So uh, they're definitely still very much in the game, unlike the Blue Jackets, who, uh, as of last night, with Chicago's win over. The Avalanche, which, hey, sure, why not? Like, talk about bonkers games. Um, Their win pushes them into 31st place. The Blue Jackets are last place in the standings, which it's going to be a long season. We're halfway through. Um, But let's 
let's talk about the the matchup against Detroit a little bit more before we get into um uh, before we get lost spiraling down into just how much the next 41 games are going to suck um the Red Wings are led by you know Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, Mark Sider. They've got a lot of good players. Mark Sider has five assists in his last five games. Lucas Raymond has seven points in his last five games. Um, they have uh, Dominic Kubalik has thirty points in forty games. Dylan Larkin has thirty-seven in thirty-nine. He's leading the team. Um, Philip Peronik is having a phenomenal season on D for them. He's got twenty-nine points, seven goals. Um, they are. Not a particularly high-scoring club. They have four play- four players that are over 10 goals on the season. Uh, but considering the Blue Jackets, I think, have two players that are over 10 goals. Yep, you know, it's not necessarily a... Uh, this is not me sh- throwing shade at the Red Wings, but only having four 10-goal scorers. Because, hey, the Blue Jackets only have two. They have a couple of guys on nine. But um, honestly, in terms of predictions for this game... I know that I'm supposed to be rooting for the Blue Jackets and I am rooting for the Blue Jackets. And if they win, I'm going to be thrilled because I, you know, tanking, whatever, losing Bedard, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'd still like to watch these guys win. So either I get to be right or they get to win a game, you know? So it's, it's win-win. I do think the Red Wings are probably going to take this. Um, I think it's probably going to be something messy, like five, two or five, three. Um, Opening goal scorer for the Blue Jackets I'm going to say it's going to be one of the Michigan kids. I think it's going to be either Ken Johnson or I would love to see Nick Blankenberg score tomorrow night. Um, maybe that's my guess, actually. Maybe I'll go out there and say Nick Blankenberg's going to open the scoring um, in Michigan, where he's from, with all his family there, on his second game back from injury. Like, that's that's what I want. That's what I'm going to... I'm going to will that into existence. Um, and that's kind of all I've got for today. Uh, hopefully tomorrow's a fun game. There's just no way of knowing. I assume it will not be, but we can always hope, you know? Um... I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. I will be back on Monday to talk about the uh, game against Detroit and looking ahead. We'll probably do a mid uh, midpoint uh, season review. Now that we're 41 games in, see how people are doing individually, as a team, etc. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with that on Monday as well. And uh, until then, make sure you stay locked on.